This morning we're going to continue the series that we've been doing on things that God didn't say. There's a lot of things that God didn't say, and some of these things uh, people will try to make you believe. And so we want to talk about one of those things this morning, and that is that it doesn't matter what you believe. Uh, a lot of people will say that, that it really doesn't matter what you believe. That what God really wants is for you to just be sincere in what you believe. That's what's important. And also, he wants you to be a good person. And if you are sincere and you are a good person, that's all that God cares about. So is that true? Did God say that? Well, I know if, if you talk to people, thank you, thank you very much. If you talk to people and you talk about the Bible with people and if you know what the Bible says and you point out something in scripture that disagrees with whatever they currently believe, chances are they're not going to just accept that. Most likely, they're going to say, well, that's not what I believe. Or more recently, they will say something like, well, that is your truth. That's not my truth. As if there is no such thing as a universal objective truth. And Jesus ran into this problem when he was talking to Pilate. Jesus was telling Pilate, my kingdom is not, of this, of, is not of this world. And Pilate said, so you're a king then? And Jesus said, yes, I am a king. And he says, for this cause, this is John 18 and 37, for this cause I was born, and for this cause I have come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. And Jesus didn't say my truth. He said the truth. There is a truth, one truth. And how did Pilate reply to this? What was his reply? What is truth? What is truth? And he walked away. This idea that there is no absolute truth, there is no universal truth, is very popular today. And it's taught in universities all over the, all over the country. And it's, it has, and it is, it is very central. It is very central what's, to what's known as postmodern thought. And a lot of people believe it. And you'll come up against this in arguments and, and discussions if you try to tell people things that the Bible says. And the problem is, if you buy into that, if you buy into this idea, then many things that would otherwise seem absolutely absurd, like, for example, I could decide this morning whether I am a male or a female, 
or both or neither one. That actually starts to make sense. If there is no truth, if the truth doesn't exist, if you can believe whatever you want to believe, if, if your reality, if you have your reality, your truth, and I have mine, if everything is subjective, And so the question we're going to look at today is, does it matter? Does it matter what you believe? And I would say, well, that depends. You may believe that Apple makes the best cell phones in the world. I may believe Google makes a superior cell phone device. And that is subjective. And it doesn't really matter. It really doesn't matter at all. But if your child believes they can fly, and they go and jump off of a bridge, there can be serious consequences if they're wrong. So it's the consequences that matter. And that's why it matters what you believe, depending on the cost. Is there consequences to that? What are they? Well, when I was, when I was a little kid, I was a little boy, and I saw this movie, Mary Poppins. And the thing is, I thought it was real. I really thought it was real. And I remember several days later still thinking about this. And I remember going into our clothes closet and getting an umbrella. <laughs> and I went out and got a ladder. And I put it on top of our, and I climbed up to the top of our roof. Believing, totally believing that if I just held that umbrella, I would float across the yard. And so I climbed up to the top, and I remember, I remember so clearly, with both of my hands holding onto that umbrella and jumping. I did not float across the yard. <laughs> that umbrella just went up into itself. It just collapsed into itself, and I went straight down, hard. And I am very lucky that I didn't break my neck that day. Very lucky. You know, everyone knows, everyone knows that when it comes to things like this, it matters. It really matters what you believe. Everybody knows this. But when it comes to God, when it comes to God and what God said, suddenly it doesn't matter anymore. You know, in the beginning, in the beginning, all sin, all sin and misery and suffering in the world began 
because people didn't believe the word of God. God gave us one command. Don't eat of that tree. You can eat everything else, but don't eat of this one tree. And Satan comes along and says, you know that's not true. Really, God is holding out on you. You can eat of that tree. It's okay. So we had a choice. Who are we going to believe? We want to believe God or are we going to believe Satan? Well, we made the wrong choice. And I say we because every one of us has made that choice in our life. We believed a serial liar. And there were consequences to that. And we're still paying for those consequences today because we're still believing that liar today. But people say, well, then, of course, not everything can be true. Obviously, some things are true and some things are not. There is absolute truth, but it's okay if you believe a lie because really all God cares about is if you're sincere and are a good person. Really, that's all that matters. And so you may believe a lie, and that's okay. Well, ask yourself, does that sound like the God of the Bible or the God, or a God that man made up? As Chris said the other, other week, this isn't a doctrine of God. This is a doctrine of Satan. You know, the Bible is full of good people. There are a lot of people in the Bible that we would consider good people today. You know, the Apostle Paul was a good man. And he believed, he so believed, he was serving God when he was killing Christians. And the Bible is full of people like that. One of them... I want to talk about this morning is in the book of 1 Kings, 1 Kings chapter 13. And what's happening here in 1 Kings 13, King Solomon has just died and he made his son Rehoboam king. And Rehoboam was very hard on the people. He raised their taxes, he made their burdens really heavy, and he made their lives generally miserable. And so they wanted to get rid of him, and they rose up against him. And he fled for his life back to his home in Jerusalem, the king and the tribe of Judah, his people. And so Israel made themselves a new king, King Jeroboam. Jeroboam became king of Israel, and then Rehoboam was king of Judah. And so the kingdom was divided. And Rehoboam was going to raise this army of the people of Judah to go back and take his throne back. And the people of Judah was all with him. And they were getting their swords and they were ready to fight until God said, no, you will not fight your brethren. And so they put their swords away and there was peace. Now, the people 
all the people of Israel and the people of Judah all still worshipped God. And there were certain special days and during the year that you would have to go back to Jerusalem to go to these feasts that God had made and, and the ceremonies and stuff. That was important to worshiping God back then. And so the, all the people of Israel would regularly during the year go back to Judah. And there was traveling between them and, and they mixed together and they worshiped with the people of Judah. And this made Jeroboam, the new king, very nervous. He got worried about this and he, he really didn't like this because he got to thinking, you know, if they keep going back to Judah and mixing with these people, they may become convinced that actually the house of David should rule. And they could decide to make Rehoboam king again. And if they do that, what's going to happen to me? They're going to kill me. And he worried about this. And so he decided to fix this problem. He would create a new religion. And this would be a homegrown religion. And so he had two calves fashioned out of gold, these images. And he came and he presented them to the people. And he put one of them in Bethel and the other in Dan. And he said, here are your gods that brought you out of Egypt. And he said, now, you don't have to make that long journey to Jerusalem every year. You can worship here locally in the convenience of two locations you have, and you can stay here. You see? And this will be way better. And he set up these, these priests that were not from the, the, the tribe of Levi to, to be worship leaders of this religion. And he, and he had uh, his own uh, sacrifices, altars to them, and it was the new, the new thing. Well, needless to say, God was not pleased with this at all. And so God sent a prophet from Judah to go to, go to Bethel and find uh, Jeroboam and tell him exactly what God thought about this. And we don't know what the name of this prophet was. The Bible simply calls him the man of God. And God gave him specific instructions about what to do and what to say. And he said, after telling him what to say, he said, I want you to go and I want you to go and I just want you to go there and come back. And I want you to come back a different way than you went. Whatever way you go, you come back a different way. And I don't want you to eat or drink anything while you're there with any other people. Those were God's commands. Now, why did God tell him to do this? I have no idea. But it doesn't matter. God doesn't need our approval for what he says. And so the prophet sets out to Bethel.
and he, he finds Jeroboam there at his altar making sacrifices to one of these calf idols. And this is what he says. Then he cried out against the altar by the word of the Lord and said, O altar, altar, thus says the Lord. Behold, a child, Josiah by name, shall be born to the house of David. And on you he shall sacrifice the priests of the high places who burn incense on you. And men's bones shall be burned on you. And he gave a sign the same day, saying, This is the sign which the Lord has spoken. Surely the altar shall split apart, and the ashes shall be poured out. And as soon as he said this, Jeroboam stretched out his hand and says, Arrest him! And as soon as he did, his, hand, his whole arm just withered up and died. And he couldn't move it. And then the altar he was sacrificing on split in two. And all the ashes poured out. Just like God said. And the people were horrified. And shocked. And Jeroboam, sitting there with his dead arm, begs the man of God, please pray to God for me. Pray that he will restore my arm. And because this was a good man, he was a kind and merciful man. He did pray to God and ask God to please have mercy on Jeroboam and restore his arm. And God did. God made his arm exactly like it was before. And Jeroboam was so grateful that he asked, he asked the man of God to please come back to my house and eat and drink so I can give you a reward. You know what the man of God said? He said, if you, even if you gave me half your house, I wouldn't go back with you. Because God told me. He told me, go, come back a different way, and don't eat anything or drink anything with anyone in Bethel. So the man of God got on his donkey and started home a different way. Well, there was another prophet in Bethel nearby, and this, and this prophet had sons, and his sons came running into the house telling him everything that happened. It was all over town. And the other prophet, this old prophet, was really excited, and he, he wanted to talk to this man, and he asked them, where'd he go? And they told him, and so he got his donkey, and headed off to find this man of God, this other prophet, to talk to him. And he finally finds him sitting under an oak tree. And he asked him if all this happened. And he said, yeah. And he said, he said, I too am a prophet just like you. And he says, please come back to my house and eat and drink with me. And the man of God said, I can't. He said, God told me don't go and eat and drink with anyone in the house of Bethel and in, in the town of Bethel. Well, this old prophet really, really wanted him to come. He wanted him to come so bad 
but he lied. He lied and he, he made up this story to try to get him to come back. He said, you know, I am also a prophet and actually an angel spoke to me. And this angel spoke to me by the word of God and God said that he wants you to come and eat with me, another prophet, and drink. And so the man of God thought about it. And you know, he really was hungry. And if God said that, that's what he said, and he really wants me to go and eat with him, well, sure, I'll, I'll go. I'll go eat with you if that's, if that's what he wants. And so he goes. And, he's, and him and this old prophet, they, they have a meal, and they're sitting there at the table. They're eating, and they're drinking, and it's all great. And then the word of God did come to this old prophet. God did actually speak to this old prophet at that moment. And when he was done, the old prophet looked across the table at the man he had lied to. And he asked to tell him these words that God said. And he cried out to the man of God who came from Judah, saying, Thus says the Lord, Because you have disobeyed the word of the Lord, and have not kept the commandment which the Lord your God commanded you, but you came back and ate bread and drank water in the place which the Lord said to you, eat no bread and drink no water. Your corpse shall not come to the tomb of your fathers. Then this man of God knew he had been lied to. The old prophet lied. And the old prophet knew that there was nothing he could do to fix it. He just sentenced him to death. And so sadly, the prophet put his saddle on his donkey and sent him home. And on the way home, God caused a lion to come and just kill him instantly. And the lion sat down by the man's corpse beside his donkey. And as people came by on the road, they would, they would see this lion standing and sitting next to the donkey by this corpse. And the people kept coming and seeing this, and they told everybody in Bethel about this. And when the old prophet heard it, he knew this had to be the man of God. And so he went out and he got the body and he buried it. And he told his sons that when he dies to bury him next to this man of God. Because everything he prophesied would come true. And if you continue reading in the book of Kings, you'll read how it did. It all came true, exactly like he said exactly like God had said. So does God care what you believe? 
I think it's interesting that God didn't kill the prophet who lied. But he did kill the prophet who believed the lie. And it wasn't because this man didn't believe in God. He believed in God. He definitely believed. But when he was tempted with believing the word of God or believing a lie, he failed. When he was tempted with that, only believing the word of God, just believing that God exists isn't enough. Just believing some of what God says isn't enough. You have to believe it all. And we have to believe God's word above any other word and trust him because this world is full of liars. It's full of lies. And as the man of God found out, some of these liars look and sound a lot like us. Jesus said in Matthew 24 and 24, For false Christs and false prophets will arise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. See, I have told you beforehand. When it comes to your eternal soul, what you believe and who you believe matters. It really matters. And brethren, it doesn't matter this morning whether you believe me or not. It really doesn't. But it is seriously important that you believe God. Because if you don't, the consequences of that are very serious. Very serious. Be careful what you believe. Be careful who you believe. You know, even Jesus didn't expect people to believe him. Did you know that? He didn't. He said, if this is Jesus talking, he says in John 10 and 37, if, you do not, if I do not do the works of my Father, do not believe me. But if I do, Though you do not believe me, believe the works. Believe the works. That you may know and believe that the Father is in me and I in him. Jesus knew that the world was full of liars. And he didn't expect people just to believe what he said. But he did expect people to believe God. Believe the word of God. That's all we have. The word of God. Believe it because the one who created everything, the creator of the universe, the creator, the creator 
creator essentially of our reality, the creator of our truth. His word, therefore, is truth. If God, by his word, created reality for us, and he did, then his word is truth. And that word became flesh and dwelt among us. And man beheld its glory. Beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The Bible says that word became flesh. And that word became Jesus Christ. And Jesus said in John 11, in verse 25, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Jesus asked, do you believe this? Jesus Christ, in Hebrews 13 and 8, says Jesus Christ is the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. Do not be carried away carried about with various strange doctrines. And there are a lot of various and strange doctrines out there. But the word of God hasn't changed. It's still the same today that it was yesterday and before and forever. And that is what we need to believe, and that is what matters. So I just want to encourage you all this morning, because I know there's a lot of people out there that can be very convincing, and they can, they can sound good, and they can make things sound like, you know, you're not a good person if you don't believe this. And they'll, make, they'll try to make you feel like, you know, you're just, you're just prejudiced against people. Or you're not as moral as I am. You're not as good as I am because you don't believe this. But don't buy into that. Because what you believe matters. And the only thing we know, you know, to believe for absolute sure is the word of God. And so I encourage you to believe that and to keep reading that to read God's word, because that way you will know what to believe. And that's all I have this morning. I hope, I hope it's been useful to you. We're going to uh, sing a song now, a song of encouragement. And if, if you haven't you know, made that decision to follow Christ, I encourage you to do so. And if you have any, any needs, spiritually that the church can help you with, please come forward now, sit on the front pew while we stand and sing.